Hi, I'm Will, a bilingual English teacher and American expat living in Germany. And I'm Brenna, the editor of a literary magazine and a contrarian bookworm. Welcome to Scribes and Bibe, where we get tipsy and talk about etymology. We look up words with weird and shameful pasts, or strange and contradictory meanings, and then tell each other about them. The imbibing is primarily there to excuse the fact that I can't pronounce most morphemes to save my life. Welcome to part two of our very special in-person episode, wherein Will continues his search for words that capture complex feelings, such as exwartop and gangjai, while I just bash on Thomas Edison and sing the praises of spinsters. Enjoy! Okay, now I've got something for you, and I'll, I'll let you know what it means. You don't have to guess. Oh, hooray. Okay. It's Inuit, and Wait, Inuit? that's the language. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was that's like, not the word. Inuit you know, is a... You know I know what that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the concept that this word tries to hug and present is when you know someone's going to show up at your house, and the feeling of anticipation of them, when they're going to be there, and turning that anticipation into the action of looking out the window and looking outside to see if they're walking up yet. That's Instead delightful. of Yeah, I like that feeling a bit. Sometimes. I was going to say, sometimes it's like, oh no. If it goes on too long, I hate it. Like, well, but also <laughs> like, you know, like I've got my whole forearm up a turkey and, you know, like this shit ain't ready. You don't just walk out and look out the window with the turkey with on the your turkey, forearm. With the turkey, like just like <laughs> fisting a turkey, like a low budget Salmonella puppet show? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, no, I don't. You don't. Okay, no. I don't either. But mm, good. Um, some people might like. So the word is ikswarpok, and again, hearkening back to our disclaimer about any things not German or English, mm-hmm. I have no idea how to pronounce this word correctly. Sure. Um, and I'm not sure I could even if someone said it to me. Mm. In any case. I like this word. As I said, I've experienced it before. I tend to get sort of antsy stoked when I have uh, basically a play date set up and someone's coming over to hang out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'll not really start anything or do any activity that I wouldn't want to interrupt when the person arrives. And that turns into me just sort of lurking nearby my window and... Maybe reading a book half-heartedly, but also looking out the window every couple of sentences. Sure, maybe artfully posing yourself in a position that you would want to be interrupted. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you I was just, just... I was just reading some James Joyce here on the couch when yeah. you arrived. Yeah. How, and that, yes, how literary of me. Thank you for indeed. noticing. Indeed. <laughs> I was just reading up on this word, ikzwarpo. <laughs> <laughs> so I could tell you how I was feeling before you got here. As we all do. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, that's a word that it would be really hard to introduce into English because it's so far away from how we build our words mm. and the you know the natural order of what sounds, what vowel and consonant sounds go together nicely. Because it's got three consonants next to each other, all of which are unvoiced, two of which are plosives, and the last one is a fricative after a plosive. And that's that's a lot of work for the English-speaking mouth. Yeah. 
Give the mouse squishies. I was gonna say, I feel like it sounds like the, the opposite of mouse squishies. There's a lot of a lot of K's and yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and this is one I'm just gonna go on to another one because mm-hmm. it's short and I think many people feel it. Um, it's Thai and it encapsulates the idea of not wanting someone to do something for you because mm. you think it would be a pain for them. So imagine someone offering to take your plate, uh, tickle your feet, take off your coat, hang up your jacket, whatever. Wait, hold on. I feel like someone offering to tickle your feet might be out of place there. Okay, that's fair. The other things, The others, though, yes. (laughs) Uh, And it's from Thai, which is cool. I have never, ever encountered a word in Thai, Mm. even though I was in Thailand, but... Strange. It's Krang Jai. G-R-E-N-G hyphen J-I-A-I Sorry, J-A-I And I felt this feeling earlier today um, When you offered to make me a hot toddy Because I was like, no, I don't want to be an inconvenience I don't want it to be a pain for you So I distinctly and acutely felt Greng Jai Greng Jai, I really like that Because like I feel layers of Greng Jai Like sometimes I feel like this person can't make me dinner when I come to their house and do the dishes because mm. that's all the work on them and none of the work on me. But then sometimes I feel like, no, offering to do a thing is giving them inordinate Greng Jai by like feeling anxious about the fact that I feel like I have... You know, there's just like a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. built into... I think I think it comes from the, the very American cultural idea, and I'm sure this is true other places as well, of... You can't say what you actually want because you're always assuming that any rejections are polite rejections. That, like, you have to offer three times before someone can accept something. You have to assume someone doesn't want your favor only after they've been very, very clear with you. Like, this is a boundary. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we don't have say what you mean around being nice to people. It's keep offering until you get your way, which is like a weirdly selfish way of doing things. And I think that that gets tied up in that feeling of, of like sort of owing people and Uh yeah. That also, that sort of, I don't know, a Damocles sword of potential social, I don't know, punishment or Mm. consequences is also there in other situations where if you say no once to the tea that's offered right oops maybe i just stepped on somebody's toe hmm. hopefully not literally and now they're gonna ask me again but sort of in an affronted way and if i say no again right. maybe i'm being an ass right and maybe you're like making them feel like they're not a very good host because like as someone with pretty severe allergies that are associated with fad dieting I am acutely aware at all times of like when and where and how I can refuse somebody's offering of food. Because an offering of food is a lot like an offering of love. It's saying like, I put work into this Mm -hmm. and I want you to have it and I want you to like it and I want you to like me. And so it kind of feels like by extension saying no thank you is like, I don't like you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't like your offerings. Right. And that's because maybe people are in these situations all wrapped up in this feeling of Greng Jai. Mm -hmm. And not wanting to hurt the other person and worrying about that when offered um, a kindness, basically, or when yeah. making someone else do something. Right. Um, Boy, we need to straighten our shit out. 
Yes. Give that a hearty yes. <laughs> I, Don't put a question mark at the end of it, though. No, no, I'm sorry. That was supposed to be a hearty, yes. affirming yes, yes. Because I like hearing a solid no the first time I ask if somebody wants something. Because I also like being able to be uh, brutally honest. I don't know. We've been here this this show talking about brutal honesty. But to me, somewhere in there is also, yeah, screw the social norms. Say no if you don't want a thing. And if someone is not okay with that, then they're the person who has the problem, not you. Unless they make your life a problem for saying a hearty no. Like, that's... The, they're still the problem, though, right? They're still the problem, but, like, suddenly it. the problem is your problem. Yeah. You know, like, if you don't feel safe or comfortable saying yes. that. And that is... It's easier for me to say these things as a man, because if I say no, it's more likely that people will take that seriously. And there will be less retribution, most Much likely. Much less, yes. yes. I don't have to worry about abuse mental physical um as much wow left turn <laughs> yeah let's i'm gonna talk about the word this. hello what a delightful upbeat word but it's gonna hello. it's gonna get related to thomas edison and that means we oh. hate it because tom edison man uh, he was kind of shitty that was a businessman he did a good job yeah but like people who succeed in business in history often do so you know at the cost of others. Yes. Great. Questionable expenses. Great um, business. But what I like about hello, <laughs> the word, uh, only came from 1848, which I was kind of surprised about. So every period piece you've ever seen where someone says hello before the year 1848, you throw that movie in the garbage, <laughs> you burn that fucking book. And if someone asks you why, like, why are you book burning, you monster? You'd be like, no. It's incorrect. Anachronisms, motherfucker. <laughs> so here's the thing. Mm. The basis for hello is very old. It is old high Germanic. Uh, it comes from, this is great, halluin, which means <laughs> to shout in the chase. Or hallooing. Oh, Halloo! And that's still done in those weird like, uh, anachronistic fox hunts. Fox hunt was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Halloo! There's a lot of, like, Winnie the Pooh in the fog. Yes. You know, where he's like, Halloo. lost. Halloo! Or is it Tigger? Someone's lost in the fog. It's in Winnie the Pooh. I stand by it. Sounds more like something Tigger would say. It does sound like Tigger, so that's why I kind of walked it back a little bit. So, we have... Many, 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 many variations to the point that in the 1920s, uh, Fowler listed the following. Hello. Hello. Helloa. Hello. Hello. Hilo. Hiloa. Holla. Holler. Hollow. Hollon. Hallow. Hollow. Hulo. And said the multiplicity of forms is bewildering. Got that right, Fowler. You're goddamn right, Fowler. You <laughs> understater of the year. So how did we get hello as opposed to others? I mean, like, obviously you'd recognized hello from the Brits with mm -hmm. the U. Uh, mm -hmm. It, again, this was a spoiler alert from 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Thomas Edison. When uh, in the 1880s, the telephone was finally becoming, you know, soups popular. <laughs> They had to come up with a way of greeting each other because, you know, you pick up the phone, static, sadness, silence. You got to yeah. have something oh, catchy. No. Yeah. Yeah. So Thomas Edison, monster that he is, was like, we should use hello. And that popularized the form of greeting. Alexander Graham Bell wanted to use ahoy. 
that would be so fun if you started your conversations with ahoy. Ahoy! <laughs> I feel like we should start everything with ahoy. I'm down. Let's All right. Ahoy to Let's start do it, it off. We are replacing hello with ahoy from here on out. Deal. All right. All right. Cheers to that. <laughs> Clankity clank. I would say you should do another one because that one was actually fairly short. Um, yeah. But I have a pretty good jumping off point for that one. Then jump off. I shall jump. Uh, the word is spinster. Yes. From the mid-14th century, a female spinner of thread. It is from the Middle English. Spinning, swear to God, to spin fibers into thread. This is all very rote, by the way, just like super normal. This is what it is. Except here's the fun thing. Here's the thing I didn't know. Stir, as a a suffix, is feminine. So I think that means that all hipsters, by definition... Are feminine. Are feminine. Okay. Of some kind. Uh, that assumes, though, that English has articles other than neutrum. Um, oh, shit, was that called in English? You've got daddy, das, masculine, feminine, neuter. Neuter is I really, the article I really, we have. I really enjoy hearing you just, like, have a breakdown in German. <laughs> Sometimes I forget English. Yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to take that. No, I'm glad. Talk to me about this. Well, so if we assume that English still has articles that are unused and floating around in Mm. our lexicon, then we can talk about suffixes that go into the feminine. For now. Back in the day, Mm -hmm. when the word came about, absolutely, because English did have those articles. But now they're just kind of... No, we just have the. That's our only article. Just Mm. the neuter article. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's... It's interesting that you brought that up because... uh, couple hundred years later i'm not really totally (laughs) not totally sure when it was i think it was oh 1719 Mm -hmm. um they introduced the word spin stress so you had oh and then you have that really that really clear feminine Mm -hmm. suffix um but the thing i wanted to talk about when it came to the word spinster so that was the very neutral definition a a woman who spins thread Mm -hmm. um but we all know it as an unmarried woman who is unmarried past a, an age where she should be married is kind of the feeling. And, you know, for hundreds of years, that age might be like, I don't know, 14 for all I know. Like, I mean, like, you know, when my mother was in her 20s, she was 25 when she got married, and she was called a spinster by one of her uncles. Full, Whoa. full disclosure, I am 31 and got married this year. Uh, and that... So you've been a spinster for a I've while been a now. spinster for, oh, some time. Um... Sorry, you had been I a was, spinster yes, for a while. Pri- now I enjoy the full benefits of my... <sighs> Marital bliss! My... <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's interesting about this is that unmarried women, mm-hmm. at, at the time that this was happening, the mid-14th century, uh, the... Only thing they were allowed to do if they were unmarried from, what is it? How do you say Viscount? Viscount? Vis- Viscount? I'm going to go with Viscount because otherwise I'm saying cunt too much. Ooh, good call. And I don't like that word. Yeah, we're not in Australia. All right, so <laughs> from a Viscount's daughter downward in terms of hierarchy, right. uh, any any women who were not married past a certain age were supposed to sort of occupy themselves with Productive tasks. Oh, no. And what do you do if you can't work? Such as spinning thread. And so (laughs) that was all you were allowed to do. So if you were unmarried and you were just waiting to get picked up by that special 65-year-old, you could spin thread. 
And so eventually, obviously, the word spinster came to mean the unmarried woman rather than the sort of title of someone who spins mm. thread. Mm-hmm. But what I think is cool about that is that you have women who weren't married who were doing a thing. One thing that they were actually allowed to do that wasn't sitting there or getting pregnant or (laughs) dying. Um, And you turned it into a bad thing. You turned it into a pejorative. You turned it into a way to make people Mm -hmm. feel bad about their romantic status in the 21st century where it shouldn't even matter. My sister uses the word spinster probably eight times a month, you know, in a conversation with me where she's just like, oh, no, I'm a spinster. I'm like, oh no, a spinster is someone oh, no. doing a, a thing. And we've, yes, we've made it a pejorative. It makes me very angry to think that. It makes me very happy to think that it comes from something like that. It's sort of like the way that, like, witches came from female brewers. They had the pointy hat. Mm-hmm. They had black, or they had cats that, like, kept mice out of the granary stores. They had brooms for keeping the grain tight they had cauldrons for making beer right and they hailed satan and they hailed satan and had (laughs) congress with the devil yeah and everyone else is like god damn i wish i were that sexually active but i can't be (laughs) christian no christians were the best ones they were like i don't want to get married papa i want to spread the good news of jesus to the masses and i cannot do so if i were wed Oh. Yeah. Oh. And they would go gallivanting around the countryside. So were they also spinsters? Would that no. count as being no, no, a spinster? No, 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 cuz that was that was pre-14th century. That was um hmm. probably like within 100 years of St. Paul. Okay. Because there so are a couple the of wasn't around. Ap- ap- apost- apostasy? Apost- what would the adjective of apostasy? Apogee. Oh, sorry. Pretty sure Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. All right, I've gotten too drunk, and it's time to go back to you. Okay, then how about how about the one, the final word? How do you, word. How do you feel about it's that? Final count. Do it. All right. Before, though, I do have a little aside yeah. to spinster, because nowadays, German, modern German, um, Hochdeutsch, as it were, and all its dialects, have this fun word for spider, which is spinne. That's the singular form. Spinnen is the plural. And, as we all know, spiders are these creatures that, what do they do? They make thread stuff out of their bums. And we know that, once upon a time, spinsters totally did that. Yeah, man, they were making all them threads out their buttholes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stay in German land with the last word for the day to send you on your way. Backpfeifengesicht, which is pretty hardcore, um, when I think about it literally, it's a face that was made to be hit or slapped. Wow. <laughs> we'll talk to you in the future. Yeah.